Chevy Chevy's after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. What up? This is DJ D Dime, and listen to Cool Kids Radio Urban Education on Saturday nights, Saturday nights, 10 to midnight, as we do it right, playing old school, new school, hip hop and R&B, and we play local artists. Glass City Stand Up. If you missed the show, we have the replay afterwards, and you can listen to the show throughout the week, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative. After further review, I'm here with Frank Vashner and David, the man of God, Harris. And David is on the phone lines now. As he was earlier talking about the state of Michigan and Michigan State football, now we're going to get into the state of winners and losers. And what you got for us, David? Uh, we're going to start off with the winners. Hold on, hold Speaking on. Speaking of. <laughs> I have now a feeling one into, of his winners yeah. will be. Go ahead, David. All right, we're going to start off with the winners. We're going to stick with the team that the Lions played and go with the Vikings and Dalvin Cook. Like, I was one that didn't really know what to expect Dalvin Cook to look like after coming off of injury. But there's a legitimate conversation of if you want a big, bruising power back to build around, you want it to be Dalvin Cook. Now, again, there's a lot of conversation about which court or which running back would you rather have between Cook and Kamara? That just depends on your preference and your offense, and really determines kind of if you want to have Al Kamara, which is who is more of a threat out of the passing game than Dalvin Cook is. I think Cook is more he likes that contact for sure, and Kamara, like Kamara, obviously likes contact, but he's not can't take as many hits. And so I think yeah, Dalvin Cook is really. To plan to get himself into that conversation of if he's not already for people in your top five running back, he's right there. Now, the question is going to be, can you remain durable? He has his little history of injury, and so now you're just going to have to monitor him. But it's really how this Vikings team will go. It's going to be on the legs of Dalvin Cook. Like you've seen, particularly in these past two games, it would be interesting to see what happens Monday night against the Bears. But if he can get you your 28, 29, 30 touches on the ground, that's one alleviates a lot of pressure from Kirk Cousins because we know Kirk Cousins and game kind of pressure situation. Yeah, a little shaky, but it also kind of can be a good focal point for your offense. So I 
I got to say Dalvin Cook is definitely a big winner. Thinking about Alvin Kamara, the New Orleans Saints are my second winner. A lot of people are going to be like, well, this is, is this to say more about the, the Buccaneers or does it say more about the Saints? I think it says more about the Saints that they can really shut down the Tampa Bay offense and force them to only run the ball four times and one of them was a kneel down. Like that, I mean, you can partially say it, and I'll say it. That's part of Tampa Bay's play calling. That's that's a completely that's on your offensive coaching. At some point, you just got to run the ball. You know, even if you're behind, you see teams do it all the time. They don't stick to they stick to the game plan regardless of the score. But yeah, the Saints show that when they need to lock down, Marshawn Lattimore can be a top five corner in this league. They can get to the pressure. It helps that Tom Brady can't move for crap. But if they can get to the ball, there's, you can't stop the team in the playoffs because more than likely if they have public advantage of playing the dunk, so you don't have to worry about the element. And that's just going to help that pass happy. And then I guess Michael Thomas is back finally, even though he could have been back two weeks ago, but that's a whole different tangent. Their third winner, Buffalo Bills. Again, a, a team that when they're clicking, when they can get pressure with their front four, front seven, they have they've had shaky cornerback play in particular. But like when they're clicking, when they're on, this team is dangerous. Do I think that they'll come out of the AFC? No, kind of biased in that point. But they have all the tools that you need. They have a running game in Zach Moss. They have your quarterback who's is in this Big Ben mold where he's big. He can beat you with his arm and with his legs. And then you have kind of wide receivers that can beat you short and deep. And so, I I gotta say, Buffalo Buffalo is one of the teams that um, you expect you you expect them to play well because of the pieces that they have, but you just aren't sure. Um, and then the last winner, one that's probably, just hear me out, I'm going to say the New York Jets, because they showed us that they can actually be competent. That is true. And I that was agree the first that. time all season that we were like, the Jets might actually win this thing. Now, it just so happens that they're playing the Patriots, and the Patriots just cast voodoo spells on them for somehow, and then they look like the Jets in the fourth quarter. But, like, they actually, for three, quarter, three quarters and a good chunk in the fourth, like, we were like, okay, New York, where was this all season? We, like, and that showed a lot for me. Like, for all the rumors, all the media conversation, that, oh, this team is tanking on the field, like, no. Tank for Trevor. That's like, if maybe, Trevor comes. So Trevor might <laughs> go back another year in college and just I, pull yeah. a John Elway. And maybe it's because, and maybe this is a sign that maybe they should get Trevor because Sam Darnold, when he's in there, doesn't really look like the guy. Maybe having Joe Flacco kind of take this year and then bring in, kind of make this like another like two-year gap year and see what you can get for Darnold. I mean, worst-case scenario, can you trade him for a second-rounder? Maybe, you know, third rounder is their team. Like, they're throwing rumors out there that 
you know, Sam Darnold to San Francisco, Sam Darnold to Dallas. Like, there are a couple teams. I've heard Sam Darnold to Detroit. Yeah, Sam, like, teams with older quarterbacks that kind of don't want to risk kind of a young guy. Or they, don't, they don't want someone that is going to be fresh, new into the league. They want someone that kind of take a flyer on, like a Josh Rosen. Kind of thinking about even a team like Atlanta. Would that be a good place for Sam Darn? Like, so there are a couple places that he could go and kind of, one, develop and become more of that quarterback, but then, two, just get away from New York. So, yeah, but, yeah, the Jets as a whole, I, I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, like, I'm proud of the Jets. Like, they show that they're actually a football team. And for the first time in a couple months, that was dangerous to say. <sighs> now, getting to the losers. The Washington football team. I don't, I don't. At this point, I don't know what's happening. You you try to play your rookies this late in the season, but then your rookies make some rookie mistakes. Um, you know, early on or kind of late game situations, kind of with rookies in the secondary, you're always kind of wondering and shaky about a, you know a cornerback or a safety that's a rookie because they're young, and when you have veteran receivers. Like the Giants have, like they're gonna, they're gonna mess with you. But yeah, this football team, like you won Antonio Gibson to be the guy, but then he fumbles early on, and then you're like, ah, J.D. McKissick just play the rest of the game. Yeah, forget the rookie. Like it comes back to that, that some of the conversations that we had earlier about Michigan State. Just ride those young guys to see who they are, kind because of, you're killing the confidence every time you bench them. And then you want them to kind of build that confidence back up on their own the next week, knowing that if they mess up once, you're just going to bench them again? Like that, how is that helping with your development? And particularly in a situation like Washington where you are – like this is clearly a rebuild. So, yeah, there's just a lot that with that Washington team that I have no idea about. A team that I'm surprised – as a record, is the L.A. Chargers. Like, they are the Atlanta Falcons of the West. Like, they find ways to lose. And for everything that we want to say about Justin Herbert kind of playing well, but everyone, as everyone says, we can't change the metrics and say that for one guy it's about win-loss record, for one guy it's about statistics. Like, yes, he's playing well, but at the end of the day, you're going to look at kind of this team. And now Anthony Lynn, a lot of people are saying – Eh, it might be time for him to go, but if your team keep, can't hold leads and offensively you're down at the red zone but you don't give the ball to your number one target twice, eh, that's not on this. I mean, I don't know if Anthony Lynn made those calls around the goal line, but that's a conversation that coaches need to have with OC. But, yeah, the, the Chargers, I feel bad because Justin Herbert, like, he played well. Like, he looks like, and we'll, we'll see this week in particular, kind of the conversation is going to be Herbert or Tua, Herbert or Tua. We talked about it all throughout the summer. We talked about it all, pretty much all last year. Like, which guy do you want to build around? But, yeah, right now I kind of feel bad for Herbert because he could have, he could have had multiple wins. There's no need for that. Well, um, well David, one th- quick thing about the Chargers is, 
isn't haven't all their losses been by single digits? Uh, and Herbert, yeah, let's they, say they've all it. been kind of late game fourth quarter. I mean, they well, I mean, they damn near came back. How did Herbert though get get really into the game though? Now that he got to the starting spot, it was because a trainer punctured. Tyrod Taylor's lung, so he, I mean, he got in there. They, they, the, the Chargers kind of tripped up on him. They weren't going to be really playing him. I'm, I'm glad he took advantage of the opportunity, though. Yeah, and I mean, still questionable in the shaky call. You know, decision by the trainer that accidentally punches. Like, if you're a trainer, you should know. Like, like maybe you should go back to you know physical science and PT classes for that. Uh, a, a third team. And I allude to it. For the love of God, Chicago, what is your running back situation like? You ain't lying. At, at, at one point, you had a whole defensive lineman as your leading rusher. Like, what? What is happening? Like, I, like, honestly, the score is twenty-four seventeen, and it really wasn't that close because twenty seventeen, like, you know, a lot of the points. For Chicago, actually, all of them came in that fourth quarter. Like, like at this point, I just feel bad. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, for is it the offense's fault? I'm looking at reports coming out of Chicago. They're saying it's bad play calling and bad execution. Again, that goes back to the one guy. Like, I don't hate. I hate to be the dead horse, but at some point, ownership has to be like, look, this isn't working. Man. If this isn't working. We need offensive weapons. We have all these wide receivers. We're, we're trying to pay this. Like, Allen Robinson's out here like, I want to get paid, but then we don't throw him the ball because we want to throw it to Looney. Like, we want to throw it to these young guys. And it's like, like, the defense can only do so much. But if you can't get, if you can't develop a play drive offensively, and it's like, Four plays, five plays, six plays. The defense doesn't have time to rest. And in a game like Tennessee, where there is the potential to have a big bruising running back in Derrick Henry punching you in the face and the physical offensive line, that's going to wear you down. Like, I, I don't know. I hate to be a dead horse for the Chicago Bears. Well, you're, you're totally right. The, the, it gets predictable and. You, like you mentioned, a lot of people are talking about Nagy's play calling. You're supposed to be this great guy, and then you come in coaching, and it, people are saying the pay, play calling is basic. But the problem is, too, you don't have the same talent as you did in Kansas City. And one problem, a glaring problem, is the running game. You know, Ever since they've lost Jordan Howard, the running game has been, eh, Wolf has been kind of injured. It's... You can't do much when you don't have a lot of talent. You know, you got to play with the talent that you're within. Quarterback play. You got two backup quarterbacks as a starting quarterback. You have no really running back play. And the offensive line is second to third teamers. Well, it is worth noting that uh, Bill Lazor has taken over the play, play calling. Yes, I did hear about that, that Bill Lazor has taken over the play calling. But at the same time, are you going to get the same result here? I mean, the. Or, or a different result because once again, as you, as you learn, you need some talent and they don't have it. And I grant it, you're trying to be creative with things, but how much can you? I mean, if you got a turd, how much can you polish it? There's there's non-existent running game. I mean, now you grant people are saying, well, you got a good tight end, you got the good receivers, and you're not using them, but you just have to ask yourself, like, 
if you don't have have that, do you have an offense where you're doing a lot of checkdowns and bubble screens? I mean, there's got to be a way to account for that lack of the running game. Your thoughts, David? Yeah, and because I, I think, and honestly, when they drafted David Montgomery out of Iowa State, even in college, he was a pass catching running back. Like he wasn't a bruiser, right? And I think if Chicago had a big bruising running back, that would make things a heck of a lot easier for that. Check down buffer screen pass option. The problem is, is that the guys that they draft are not the big bruising running backs. Like that, that has to be you draft a big physical guy to come in, take those three yard, four yard pounding running up the middle. Because if defenses see a guy 5'7, 180 in the backfield, they're not loading up the box. Like they know he's not coming up the middle. And then even when they try to run Montgomery up the middle, yes, he has kind of a flash here or there where he'll get a season hole and break out for 10 or 12. But most of the time, like one yard here, two yards here, back to the line of scrimmage, lost the yardage. Like, you need someone that can push that line of scrimmage. And at 5'6", a buck 80, 5'6", a buck 85, or whatever, Montgomery, like he's not a 225, you know, He's, he's not a Frank Gore type where he's going to punch you in the face. Or a Derrick Henry type. Yeah. Like, honestly, if I'm the Bears, I'm drafting, if, if this is the offense that we're going to run, I'm going to see who is the biggest running back out here. But actually, get one of the Big Ten people. Like, get a line, get a running back from... Iowa, Wisconsin, because you know they're going to be 6'2", 6'3", 215 to 225. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure Wisconsin necessarily has one. And Iowa, who Tyler Goodson, I know, is not a big guy. I mean, I, th- I think Funny. maybe an option who might come close to being someone as a big-er back, but not a big back, might be Stevie Scott from Indiana. I know he's not... He's not that little five seven buck eighty scat back that you've been referring to. I think he's at least two. I think he's probably around two bills and change. Yeah, or, or, or maybe even that uh, Ibrahim guy from Minnesota. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, or even Alabama puts out nineteen running backs a year. You can't get one of them big bruisers. I mean, like there's there's plenty of opportunities for Chicago. This is if they're going to. Try to utilize, or if yeah, Chicago's going to utilize this big kind of. We're going to utilize the running backs out of the backfield. You need to have a complement. Right? It's the reason why. If you look at many of the teams that are successful, you have like in Kansas City, Edward Tolaire is starting to come out, you know, the backfield. But they have a Williams. They have. I guess Le'Veon Bell could be that big bruiser type of the middle, but they have compliments. If you look at Derrick Henry, big bruising running back, but then they have Nick Edmonds uh, coming out who can kind of be that change of pace quicker back for Pascal. Like, there's ways to do this if you want to have Montgomery actually lead back. Just give him some help. And I'm not saying go to the defensive side of the ball and get a lineman or a linebacker to run plays for you, because that, that's not going to last. All right, keep moving on. Okay, the fourth fourth loser, Russell Wilson, he just had a bad day at the office. 
but sometimes when it's going when it's going good, it's going great, and when it's going bad, it's just you know he's trying to make up for it. You have moments here, but yeah, that was just an overall uncharacteristically bad performance by Russell Wilson, who really honestly could this be his worst? Could that game against Buffalo have been his worst in the regular season as a professional? It's hard to find others that were as bad. Those, I felt bad for him. And then the last one, what happened in Kalamazoo? Like, good God. Like, I didn't, I watched. Uh, David, was, yeah, here, David, I, I will, I, here's I what I will say what happened. The Rockets decided to play prevent defense with way too much time left. You only do that if there is five seconds left and the team needs a Hail Mary to get into the end zone. If there's five minutes left and they need a touchdown, no. You play your regular defense. And this whole notion of rushing three, dropping eight is BS. It's something I saw with Michigan State and I got tired of it. You're not getting pressure with three guys. You need to bring a fourth. Heck, even bring a... I've seen teams even bring a fifth guy. Make your quarter... Make the opposing quarterback try and scramble and throw on the run. I mean, if he beats you running the ball, okay. I mean, it's not too often he's going to take it, going to run 80 yards to the end zone. If he does, then yeah, you got problems on the back end of your defense. I digress. But this whole notion—oh, we can, oh, we gotta drop three, we gotta rush three, drop eight. Oh, we gotta play prevent defense. Do that when there's five seconds left, and they need to get it into the end zone. Need I say more? No, I mean, I, I honestly don't. I have no words. Like I, I echo. And one of the alums from the Toledo defense, Ola, like he he was like that's embarrassing. Like like that fourth quarter was embarrassing. That end of the game was embarrassing. Like I I I honestly don't know what to say. Like <laughs> yeah, oh we're gonna play prevent defense. Oh look, dump it off to dump off to the running back or screen pass. Wee. Like, Wee! I heard that. <laughs> Keep going, David. Like that, that was Atlanta. Fal- I mean, the Rockets were in my last loser. Like okay. that, that was an Atlanta Falcons s fourth quarter, like last minute. Like, I mean, leading up to that, obviously, kind of the tide was turning, and at some point, you got to put the game away, and that kind of goes to execution on both sides of the ball. But like I. I don't. I I really do not imagine how that plane ride went on the way back, or bus ride, or no. No, I think we flew from Kalamazoo last time we played. Either bus or that was the quietest car interior of a moving vehicle ever. Like. And honestly, I don't even know what what you would say in terms of like a film session. Like, how do you even address? Like, I'm I'm sure you know 
there's going to be some coach speak, I'm sure, kind of in reflection. There's going to be questions asked, and I'm sure questions have already been asked over the past 48 hours. Um, before, I don't even know. Like, that game is just convoluting all time. Like, I know there have been questions asked of Coach Candle, but... Yeah. Like, how, like that's one where you have to try to figure out how to... Like, that's going to show, similar to kind of everything comes full circle, kind of how Michigan and Michigan State are responding kind of after these big losses. What happens next week is going to show where this Rockets team is mentally. Because a lot of people are going to talk about that both locally. I heard it nationally as well, and, of course, I just felt bad. Like, we're going to learn a lot about this Rockets team in the first half next week. Because you have to bounce back from that. Somehow, you have to bounce back from that. Keep going. That that's all. That's all I've got. So you only got one winner. <laughs> no. Well, you have four, four, four winners and five losers. Oh, okay, okay. You kept, you mixed it up. Well, I will add one loser, and that is the Detroit Football Lions. For the second week in a row, they had ten men on the field when the opponent scored a touchdown. Now, David, can you tell me this? Having the right guys the field is something that you should learn when you're playing youth football? In theory, yeah. yeah, I mean, one time is one thing, but twice in a, but two weeks in a row and your opponent scores a touchdown as a result, that's fireable. And and I'll, and I'll, and look, I'm really starting to wonder if Sheila Ford Hamp is even awake and paying attention to the garbage product on the field. Sheila, hello, are you there? Are you watching? Are you even awake or are you taking a nappy nap on Sunday? It's... You, well, first, you, you got to get rid of Patricia. Yes, get rid. Actually, Quinn Trasha. Get rid of Bob Quinn too. Oh, who are you going to put in there, though, Frank? We've had this conversation. You got running to get rid of Caldwell. You got your wish and it turned into Quinn Trasha, as you like to call him. <laughs> well, I think it also needs. What really needs to happen is the Fords need to sell the team. And that's true. Just like the Bears and the McCloskeys need to get rid of the Bears, basically. <laughs> so, any more winners or losers to add? No, he doesn't. Not me. Nope. I've, I've, I've said what I need to say about about the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I knew you had to get that off your chest as well. So, we'll get into our last segment of the show. And after we're back to after these commercials, is the, who needs to go? Russell Westbrook or James Harden? And we've also got our NFL pick them to do. Yeah, we, we, can, we can try to do that as well. But we'll yeah. take a quick commercial break real quick and then get into our NFL pick them and then get into Russ and them. All right? Take a quick commercial break. You listen to 88.3 WJXTs. After further review, remember, you can always check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes if you missed the segments. We have them up on here. We'll be back after this.